What's going on, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of the Antler Up podcast, and we are on episode 50. Uh, this is actually going to be a two-part episode where we'll air this one this week, and then next week we'll wrap it up uh, with Tim Seasock. So we have Tim on again, uh, who everybody knows by now. We had him on twice where we talked about Western hunting with him, and we talked about just we were getting ready for our Western trip. And this episode, this first part, we kick off talking about our um, more more so Tim talks about his uh, 2020 hunting season where he just shot a mature buck during that uh, cold front during the middle of October. So we talk about that, uh, what he endured this, this past whitetail season. So we talk about that for about 45 minutes. And uh, then we do another session, which will be next week, where we wrap up our Utah trip, where we just had a complete blast. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. Tim came in to visit for us for this podcast. Hope you enjoy it. If you're just looking to listen to talk talk hunting stories, talk about how his season, what he used to, to knock down this buck. It's a really cool story. Six and a half year old uh, uh, Northeastern PA buck. And uh, as always, Tim just d does his homework and uh, always in the right spot at the right time. It's a good hunter. And uh, man, we, we love having him uh, on, on board. So enjoy this episode. Tim, thanks for coming out, man. Appreciate it. Looking forward to the next one. And uh, enjoy this episode, guys and girls. Antler up. And before we get into the episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to everybody again for your support over the past year. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Thank you to everybody uh, with all of our partners. Uh, make sure you check them out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. I just want to highlight, uh, just talk a little bit about, you know, again, this past, you know, wrapped up rifle season this past weekend. And uh, again, just all the first light gear that we use just work flawlessly for us this up past season and even last year as well. Uh, and even in during our Utah trip, just unbelievable stuff, great people. And uh, check them out over at firstlight.com. Again, want to shout out America's Best Bowstrings because I my bowstrings still look brand new. Uh, the quality is just unmatched and just I, I love Everything about what they have going on over there. Great people, again, to work with. Uh, so make sure you check them out over at americasbestbowstrings.com. And as well as Stoker Eyes and Cobra. Just great products coming right out of PA here. And uh, check those guys out and make sure you give them a follow. See what they have going on. Some really cool stuff moving into 2021. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Enjoy this episode. Antler up. This is freaking holy shit. Just keep drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well just throw them up on the table because we're going to need them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what do you, uh, what do you think Tim did more of on the way way to Utah? Did he work or did he sleep in the backseat? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I think we went through how many states going across the, from PA to Utah, and I don't think Tim saw one. <laughs> <laughs> the best, or when he would, when uh, was it like uh, six in the morning when my shift was over and he was still sleeping. And he'd just wake up and just start driving. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even think he had his eyes open. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he 
just I remember at one point tossing in the back when I fell asleep and I'm like, man, he's driving fast. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's just crazy. I mean, it's basically hunting season's over in Pennsylvania. I mean, yeah. besides late season, rifle yeah. just ended yesterday and I mean all summer long we were talking about the last time we were together, I mean, other than the trip was was that in June or, or July? We July. Tim came up and we, we shot bows and we talked about the trip and we did a podcast that time and now we're sitting here and basically hunting season's winding down. I mean, it's crazy it went that fast. I mean, all summer long we talked about the Utah trip. Yep. Yeah. And amongst the three of us we filled some tags. You know, with with uh, Tim being the only one with <laughs> with a buck, <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, we want to really recap our our Utah trip just because one we we want to laugh. I think it's, uh, and I'm sure those of you that will listen to this, uh, you'll get a good laugh out of it as well, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I just think uh, it'd be fun to rehash this and talk a little bit more about in depth of. Kind of even too. I know Dimitri, you and I, we touched upon some of the stories like with certain guests, but we never really talked about learning experiences and overall what that what that was. Um, but man, Tim, it's good to have you, dude. Thanks, guys. I appreciate being here. <laughs> well, first of all, if if you're wondering how to hunt velvet mule deer bucks. This is not the podcast for you, for you. Yeah, yeah the, we're, we're we're not giving any uh, any tips or tricks and, and all that stuff. Maybe just you. what unit not to go to in Utah. Yeah, that's the the one thing you would definitely get out of it. But well, Tim, what the heck is going on, man? Yeah, thanks, man. I, I appreciate being here again. It's Dimitri, your hospitality. <laughs> I brought the beer this time, and. Uh, yeah, not too much is going on outside of uh, the season wrapping up, which is kind of depressing, right? Yeah. And you did mention that I filled my buck tag, and I filled my buck tag early in the year, which yeah. is always a, a bittersweet thing to do. Um, October 16th, you know. Cold front, right? Cold front. Um, three years ago, 2017, I filled my buck tag on the same day, and it was the same thing. It was that two- to three-day cold front that we got in. Um, to me, that's probably my favorite time to hunt outside of that first, second week of November, you know, when yeah. the rut kicks in, but that first cold front, man, I've been really blessed over the last few years. And, um, it, it's a chance when those, those big deer get on their feet in the daylight. And uh, if you're in the right spot, you know, yeah. it can really work out for you. Yeah. We, uh. We've recapped our archery season and, you know, the nothing much changed during friggin' rifle <laughs> season for Dimitri and I. I just, uh, we were laughing. Uh, Dimitri said he was cursed after archery season. I've yesterday uh, participated in my first like PA drive with a group as far as going after whitetail. And uh, we saw a nice PA 11 pointer. So <laughs> nice spike. And, uh, another one, I, I'm pretty sure he was either a basket six or even a forker. He wasn't a big body deer that we saw and, uh, no shot opportunity. And what we get two doe down, two doe down and, uh, one buck missed by yeah. one guy in the group. But I mean, we had a fun day. Oh yeah. I mean, was... We had some deer out and I mean, that's basically the only way to do it. I mean, unless you have private ground and PA here, in this area, I mean, yeah. the deer are just bedded down all day long. So unless you get them up and moving, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. Well, Tim, let's talk. Uh, let's get into Utah, and then we'll 
Are you sure? Because that might go down a big rabbit hole. Well, should we bang this whitetail out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do the whitetail. Right, yeah, let's me. do the whitetail. Let's do uh, that way. If people want to turn this well, off, they, <laughs> yeah, they can get something out of it. Yeah. So I think you know we talked to, to a bunch of different friends and individuals, whether from PA or not PA, and it was a, a weird season um, for some, uh, and then others just really had to opportunity you know like you had and stuff like that and um you know talk you talked about that cold front and you had any previous encounters with this buck on camera or anything or is it just like you because i i know personally and dimitri knows because you know we talked during the season right but like run through that whole situation yeah so this buck um this buck i had no idea even existed um but after i shot this buck it seems like he had a yeah. A long history with a lot of people, um, which is kind of um, unique yeah. um, for the area that I hunt. But so <laughs> we talked earlier, I, I put a lot of time into trail cameras this year. I put a lot of time into um, the area that I moved. I put a lot of time into um, scouting some new areas out there. And the trail cameras this year, as weird as two, 2020 was, um, it was kind of the same thing with the results on the trail camera. Um, so I was trying to look for that real yeah. big buck to, to kind of dedicate my season to, like I've done in years past, and it just didn't happen. You know, I think I had almost a dozen cameras out and really only had one buck that I would probably questionably shoot. So when the season rolled around, I was <clears throat> more or less, like, dumbfounded. Like, <laughs> what do I do? Where do I go? Um, it just so happened that with this whole COVID thing, um, it really delayed my projects at work. Um, so I had construction going in a lot later than what it was. So actually the first two Saturdays of the season, I didn't even hunt. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of left with evenings during the week. Um, I think I only hunted one morning, uh, over the first two weeks and <clears throat> this area where I killed the buck, basically, um, it's, there were some private fields, um, that weren't planted. Um, so you can't really call them ags. They were really just grass and, uh, there was deer that would funnel out to them. You can actually see them from the road. So um, I have a buddy that lives right in the area, and he would always tell me, you know, there's quite a few good buck up in the, up in these fields at night and whatever. So basically behind these fields is um, what we consider coal company land. Yep. So it's land that you can get a permit for like one time out of the year or one week out of the year. You can go get a permit. You can recreate on the land. Certain things are allowed, hunting being one of them. So, but, I mean, it gets hunted like public land, right? So, only a small percentage of people actually probably get this permit. Um, The rest of the people just hunt it. You know, it gets killed for rifle season. So, so it's hard to get an old deer to to grow up. So, um, the first day I go down in this area and, uh, you know, knowing that these deer are most likely going to work out to these fields at night, I get back on what I'm going to consider the public land and... uh, actually, you know, invested in the saddle over the last year. And uh, it was a learn. It's a learning process. I mean, we can talk about that a little <laughs> yeah. bit, what I, the growing pains I had with the saddle this year. <laughs> but, um, so I get up in the saddle and I'm probably, you know, the, the public land really goes right up to the back of the field almost. So I'm probably a good 60, 70 yards off the field and just hitting some trails. And this was kind of more or less an observation sit to me just to try and see what are these deer doing? It's early. It was the first day of that cold front. The cold front was going to be in here for, I think, Wednesday to Friday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so yeah. this was Wednesday. And uh, 
you know, right before dark, here comes all the deer start following through. And this buck actually walks by me at 35 yards. And with every, with all the foliage being on the trees, I actually couldn't really get a good look at his, at his rack, but I realized, you know, that's a big old deer. And, uh, I kind of had a small window right. at 35 yards and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he no sooner entered into it, he went through it and I was kind of like, oh, all right, we'll let him walk. And, uh, he got, once I can, I, I was actually pretty high up in that saddle and, uh, I can actually see into the field and the deer kind of worked their way out in there and started feeding out in there. And I realized like, that's a good buck, you know, really tall, tall main beams. Didn't have like super tall G2s or threes, but he was, he had a lot of height to him. And like I said, he was pretty old. So the first night, like I'm sitting there and probably last 10 minutes of light, I hear a crossbow go off, you know, someone, (laughs) Someone worked up through the edge of that field, I guess, and sat sat the edge, and and you know all the deer basically take off and they come flying right by me, and I'm thinking to myself, crap, you know, well I blew that mm-hmm. opportunity, that buck's done, and uh, I get down and I walk out and I meet the guy, and you know he had permission to be up in there and and stuff and um, help look for his arrow and whatever, and end up finding the bolt. It was clean, so it was a clean miss. So now I'm thinking to myself, well that's that's it for that buck, right? You know, despite him missing, that buck's long gone. It's going to change change his patterns. He's not going to be in there with all those other bucks and the does and everything else. So, so Thursday, <clears throat> um, I go back down there and I'm getting my stuff together and I start walking him in. <laughs> and the guy that just missed this buck the night before um, drives by as I'm sitting on the road and I, I uh, was about to head up in, into the public. And, uh, you know, he questions me and goes, you know, where are you going? And, you know, I kind of mentioned to him, like, I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the public and, and try and pick up on, uh, you know, some new, some fresh sign. And, and he said, oh, well, you know, that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of just like, I was like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight with you. I'll, I do that enough during rifle season. I did that enough in Utah. So I, pull out and I go up to an area where I had a camera um, sitting over an area that I knew would eventually have a scrape underneath that tree. So I figured, well, let me go up. I'll check that camera and I'll just hop up in the saddle up there. So I get up there and uh, this is more public land. I'm looking for the camera. No camera. Camera's gone. So I I probably had about two, two and a half hours of light left. I figured, screw it. Let me go back down to this area. And uh, I just perched my, I didn't even get get in my saddle or nothing. I just perched myself on this pole line that goes up through there and figured I'd just kind of sit in glass and and see if I can pick up on this buck. And literally in the last couple minutes of light, um, I I see this buck work work out through um, this pole line cut. And uh, I realized that he's now, you know, four to 500 yards away from where I saw him that, that night before. Right. So <clears throat> fast forward to Friday. Um, this is pretty much like our last um, day of the cold front. I got up in there pretty early and I just started hiking and uh, actually had the climber with me this time. Um, we had some rain come through Friday morning. So <clears throat> we can, I'll explain that later with the whole saddle thing and the steps and everything that I was using not the safest thing to do to climb wet trees with it. So uh, I took the 
and took the climber in and uh i started finding real fresh sign and throughout all these laurels real good rubs couple fresh scrapes i'm like this is the buck and i know he's in here you know so i get up in this stand and i'm probably not set for 20 minutes <clears throat> and i start to see some deer filter through uh, a couple of the bucks that i noticed were actually the bucks that were with him in the group from wednesday evening so i knew like at this point i knew i was in the right area now i'm probably seven to eight hundred yards from where i was on wednesday so it was still a pretty good distance away and pretty early on i think it was probably about quarter after five i could see a tree just getting bent out of shape probably about 50 60 yards from me and uh i pull up the binox and I could see the rack coming. And at this point, there were a couple bucks that went by me at 35 yards through some thicker stuff. And this buck was on that same trail. And I figured, well, if he goes, if he goes by me at 35 yards, I'm never getting, I'm never taking a shot at that. So like I said, this buck shows up 35 yards. And uh, all of a sudden, he just turns and comes on this trail. And now the, it's pretty thick in here. So I'm not getting a shot beyond 20 yards. Um, I kind of figured that they'd be moved up in here and probably not using these fields until uh, much after dark, you know, because of the pressure that they received. So this buck comes down, and he basically crossed, just about ready to cross my scent. I try and limit where I walk um, after I hit some hot sign, because if you know a deer's going to come in there, you don't want him crossing your, your right. scent trail. So this buck is now at like eight yards and just stops. And his head's behind a tree. The only thing I have is basically his shoulder. And I was drawn back for probably about 20, 25 seconds contemplating. Like, Feels like 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Do, do I let this arrow rip? Do I wait for him to offer me a better shot? Or is this guy going to turn around and just come back where he came from, you know? So I actually picked out that spot right above the front shoulder. Because, you know, I'm 25 feet in the tree. Eight yards isn't it's a steep angle. Yeah. Um and I, I friggin' drill him right right above where that shoulder bone goes up and curves back and uh the deer just dropped. And he expired in, you know, probably less than thirty seconds. <laughs> and uh at this point I'm like, you know, a little bit floored as to the fact that he dropped. I never dropped a deer with the bow. Um initially I thought I spined him. Right. But um I really didn't. I actually kinda Put, put it right in the pocket, like right in the front of the shoulder there, and it, it got down in between, took out the heart and the lungs, and uh, pretty much broke his, broke that bone that connects kind of right across the front there. I don't, I, you know, yeah. I'm not a bone doctor, but <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't tell, I couldn't tell you what the name of it is, but pretty much the, the deer had no use of his, of his front of his front half of his body. Yeah. Um. So I was, uh, I was pretty excited about it and got down, um, you know, we, we got this deer out and everything, and that's when, like, it spreads like wildfire. Like, you let one person know you shot a buck, and, and a sm when you come from a small town, um, it kind of spread pretty quickly. So over the next few days, I got, started getting pictures of this deer, and uh, the trail camera photos dated from as as late as uh, October 2nd. Okay. You know, so, like, two weeks prior, all the way back to, like, 2018. Jeez. Wow. So... <clears throat> and the 2018 photos that I got, and I got photos from three different people, but the two, and I had photos 2018, 19, and 20. 
And uh, the 2018 photo, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to see, but this buck didn't put on 10 inches of antler right. from 18 until 20. So, uh, as I mentioned before, I, you know, I took it down to get a European mount done by one of my guy, one of my buddies. And, uh, he actually messaged me and I didn't say anything. I dropped it off. He wasn't home. I didn't tell him anything about it or nothing. And, uh, he messaged me back and he's like, yo, I, it's out of all the deer I had come through the shop. This is one of the oldest deer I think I've ever had here. Um, and said that the, that the lower jaw was, the teeth were so worn down that he was almost chewing on gums. Jeez. So, I, you know, when I first, like, the the area that I hunt now, <laughs> you you're not it. getting the four-year-old 140-inch whitetails, you know? Right. Um, so, it's just, there's there's not a lot of ag where I am. It's well, a lot of And I think, too, just because, and, and, like, because I'm being from that area, if we do get a six-and-a-half-year-old deer, they're still not going to grow you usually go, going to grow that 180 inch rack on them either. Right. <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. Like the, you know, I think even later in that year, I may have had opportunities at a bigger racked buck, right. probably not an older deer. Um, but the, the bases on this deer are six inches. I mean, the yeah. bases and, and he carried that mass all the way up through him. He had a split brow. He had this funky color in the rack. It was almost like a dark cherry color. Um, just really unique. His his one main beam was like bladed as it went out to the end, and like, I, you know, there was just a lot of a lot of different things that happened in this hundred and fifteen inches. You know, yeah. And uh, the other interesting part was he uh, his back right leg, from his tarsal gland to his hoof, was like the size of that, the beer can in front of you, like. It, it was almost like a baseball bat, and it yeah. was hard as a rock. Um, I actually skinned it out, and it was all bone. So I think years ago, in the photo that I have from 18, he's had that leg, and he's lived with it for a long time. So it was either one, a birth defect, or two, he got hit by a car Jeez. and had some type of leg injury. And that's just the way his leg right. healed. Um, but very interesting deer. Um the, the photos that I got and everything, that deer was a wanderer. I honestly think the cold front brought him there. The does were in there. He started putting down some territory. And I honestly truly believe I, if I didn't kill him that third day on that Friday night, I probably would not have killed him. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an area I hunt very much. But, um, you know, with the way my season was, I was kind of going off of let me find a good buck and let me hunt down a good buck. I didn't have a lot of uh, camera intel and, and right. everything to go off of. So, so that was my story. And, uh, the, the, the buck dressed at, you know, in the one sixties, he was definitely one of the biggest body deer I ever killed and, and guaranteed. I, I, you know, I put him probably at six to seven years old, Yeah, wow. which to get through, um, yeah, you know, yeah. PA rifle season yeah. <laughs> for five years is uh is a pretty good accomplishment yeah well that's what i even think that that goes to show we all three of us hunt highly pressured public area and you know how old that buck is you spooked him you know he got spooked a couple days before but you kept on him you know we most people would think he's gone you know we're never going to see a daylight you know um, him in the stand and it really goes to show of if, if you can just kind of switch up your strategy a little bit you can get back on that buck and he's not right. just going to blow out and be yeah. gone well yeah, one, think- the one thing too that I find 
that's really important is how you said the next day you saw him 500 yards away. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't in that exact same spot. And mm-hmm. I think that's something where when I was younger, I would be like, oh, I saw a deer here. I'm going to go right back to that area. Yeah. And, you know, you get back to that area and you're like, I didn't see anything tonight. Well, it's because they were probably 700, 800 yards maybe down or whatever. And, and there was a reason for him not yeah. to be there. He knew I, I don't need to go out into that field come daylight, you know. Right. If I want to feed out there, I'll feed out there in the dark. Um, you know, and the crossbow hunter that was in there um, kind of screwed that up. You know, yeah. it, I think if he wasn't shot at that night, maybe – um, I could have killed him closer to that area, but maybe not, you know, right. maybe he would have done the same thing, you know, you don't know, but it, it's just interesting how did that cold front really change, changes yeah. a lot of things. And the deer actually let their guard down a little bit to kill that deer after he was shot out two days prior at eight yards. Um, it, it kind of almost like, I don't know, put some energy into myself because I was kind of like, holy crap, like been at this buck and I figured that buck out yeah in those three days and it, it was it was kind of cool to you know I lend it to that mobile mobile hunting style yeah like I said I hunted the first two days in the saddle the last day in the in the climber right but uh you know it, there's a big difference between just walking in and sitting in your stand and then walking in and, and really trying to figure out where these deer are and you know god forbid you walk through you walk through the wrong area on the wrong trail you're going to screw up your entire hunt. Right. Well, that's something too, where we've talked about it now on the podcast a couple of times and with other people. And it's, you know, a heck of um, millions of other hunters have said it about, you know, Oh, I've gone out there and not hunt the same tree before, you know what I mean? About being mobile. But you know, this year we've hunted maybe the same area, but different trees. And that's something where it's put in us in good positions and, maybe whether it be an observation type sit and we're getting more intel or we had an opportunity, but it wasn't the opportunity on uh, legal deer or something along those lines. But I think that's important moving forward for me where it's like, I feel comfortable now just being uncomfortable, just setting up in, in an area where I've seen sign and it's a whole different, just total new ball game for, for me uh, just because I remember just always going, well, that's the tree or that's the stand and that's the area. Um, and that's kind of out the window now for me. Yeah. I, that night that I killed him I, when I was in there prior to setting up the stand and, cl- and climbing up the tree, for some reason I just knew, like, if I'm going to kill this deer, it's going to be in here. Yeah. Like, you could just tell based on the sign when it was. There was a scrape not 15 yards from me that was probably opened up and created, like, within two hours of me being there like yeah I mean it was as fresh as fresh could be you could smell the urine like it it was just this is where the deer are and they're here for a reason um there wasn't it was really thick you know they were bedding probably just not far from there right and uh you know it was just a matter of you know will they pick the right trail and the thick stuff that's awesome it's really what it comes down to um the rest of the year was was interesting. Um I went out a couple times and uh like I mentioned before like I I I've seen more buck this year than I did than I could have killed a doe. Like I don't think I could have killed a doe in archery without seeing a shooter buck almost every time I was out. Jeez. Which <laughs> sucks <laughs> to be you. <laughs> no, but it was very it was very I don't know. Um it was very different. It was a very unique year. Now I didn't hunt a lot, you know. Right. Like I said, it's it's very bittersweet to punch your tag at mm-hmm. mid October because you're missing 
Did you what, what, did what? you not hunt because you were sleeping or because you were working? <laughs> <laughs> well, I did get to sleep in every morning. You know, I put it this way: I didn't hunt a morning after that. So, <laughs> I think there was one Saturday morning I climbed up a hill when when archery bear was in, and I ended up seeing a, a nice eight point. Now, Tom Tom shot his buck. The week prior to you? He was October 5th or 6th. It's funny. That was the first week, wasn't it? That Holy was the first shit. week. And uh, I remember being in that tree. And I was actually in the area where I said I had a questionable shooter buck. Um, why I was there, I don't know. Like, probably just to, you know, question yeah. whether or not I'm going to shoot this deer if it shows up. But um, I was up in the tree and probably, you know, that last half hour, magic half hour, my phone goes off and it's Tom and he's stuttering like, I think I just killed the big deer, you know? Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, I'm getting out. <laughs> I'll meet you up there. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, my dad's going to come. I'm like, yeah, I'll see you in 40 minutes. I'm like, you know, so I just, I flew up and, 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 you know, he's, he's got to tell his story straight to you. Cause yeah. it's such I a good wait. story. But, um, you know, we, we didn't have much to track that deer, but talk about a deer that just has everything that you wouldn't expect for public land in, in in that area and well i'm excited to have that conversation with him just because it's the first week pretty much mm-hmm. of of hunting season you were the what two two and a half weeks into the season three weeks yeah it was about yeah two, two and a half two and a half yeah. um you know and that's the thing like when someone has eyes on a buck like mm-hmm. you had eyes on them that wednesday yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, so mm-hmm. you were able to you were able to put w- your homework in and, and come up with a game plan. That's the thing. Like, if you're able to do that mm-hmm. and put those pieces together to give yourself an opportunity, like that's awesome. Like we that that's the trouble that we had this whole kind of that before the rut kicked in is we didn't have that opportunity to really catch eyes on a buck. Like we did, I did that one day down below. That was towards that was getting closer to Halloween too. Yeah, anyway. that was probably the week before Halloween. So I mean, I mean for me it was Halloween was the first time I even got eyes, eyes on, on a legal buck. legal yeah, buck. Legal. And then I mean early season we hunted hard. I mean yeah. that whole October we hunted hard. We tried to put game plans together and and we really put strategies that we really thought was going to put us on a buck early on, and we just didn't see anything. Yeah, I mean so you 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 put in you factor in that. With our eyes, we did not see anything. Trail cameras weren't telling us anything. It was like, you know what I mean? So, like you were saying, like, you go to these spots of your, it's an observation slash hunt. And that's pretty much what it was on that Thursday. You know, that even that Wednesday was because that was my first time up in there. I didn't really know what to expect or or what to see. And it just so happened that all these deer came by, you know? Um, Like Tom and Tom's deer, I won't take away from his story, but um, I mean, he ran cameras in there and I, you know, I helped him out with trying to figure out, you know, given my input on where right. I think you should have a camera, but where he killed that deer and as to, and where his, all of his Intel came from, Not even you close. know, as that bird flies, I mean, that, that deer wasn't even close. Like we kind of understood like that deer's getting into that area when it's dark. So where you got to go, um, to, to pick up on that deer in the daylight. Yeah. And that, and that's the hardest part. But not, but in that's, the early that's, season. But that's good, though, because, again, that's something where a young hunter or someone that's still trying to figure shit out where, you know, I remember, like, oh, I got this deer, and it's, like, 2 in the morning, but I'm I'm still going in, in that area because right. I'm thinking I, that's where that camera was, you know, and that, like you said, he's 
coming at that time because he's coming from somewhere. So where is that somewhere? Yeah, I, I've killed a lot of my bucks that I've killed. I've killed out of that climber, um, even though that climber almost killed me. And <laughs> and they've always been on those first sits in that area. Yeah. You know, that, that first time you're in that actual, like, immediate bedding area or – Whatever it is, transition area, the first time you step in there is going to be your best possibility to shoot a deer. Yeah. Well, that's what I know. In, during our, before our recation, yeah. you know, we didn't have that many sightings, and we didn't have intel. We didn't have anything to go off. And I, I remember telling my wife, I was like, I'm really panicking. I, I mean, the Sunday before, I, I was out scouting all day long, you know, just because I was like, man, we got to get on deer. We got to get on deer. We haven't seen anything. So where are we going to go? I have four days, basically, to get it done. And, you know, I think we overthought it, you know, most of the, you know, maybe not early on in the season, but we didn't have that intel to go off of. And I'm just thinking, you know, trying to put a game plan together, but really, you know, when it gets to that rut time, you really just got to keep it simple, you know? And, And then finally, right before I was off for that week, or those four days, I I was thinking, you know, okay, just keep it simple. You know, what do we need to do to see, see deer? And I just thought one, let's go where we saw the most does, you know, through the month of October and two, where historically we know bucks cruise during the rut, you know? And I think, you know, with a disadvantage most people have is they hear all these podcasts and, you know, hear all these strategies and, you know, and from it, the Insta influence in the, <laughs> that eat their tag. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we overthink it. You know, we put these huge game plans and try to get Intel and, and, you know, look for the best sign. And I think that kind of messes with you a little bit. And, right. you know, I'm not saying you go to the same tree and sit, but you know, if you've seen, 10 plus does over the season. Well, where do you think the bucks are going to be when right. the rut kicks in? Yeah. Well, they're going to be after those does. And that's what we did. Yeah. You know, those four days, we kept it very simple. You know, we went to where I killed my buck the last year. Yep. We saw a shooter buck. We went to where I've killed bucks in the past yep. and where we've seen does throughout the season. Yeah, and we I'm, saw what, four or five shooter bucks? Yeah. I mean, that area this year, Tim, when I would go in, I went in the first week of the season uh, and I went. I crossed over, like, let's just say there's a railroad. There's not, but, like, I crossed over to the other side of the railroad. But on the other side, it was like a funnel of mm-hmm. all these deer going, coming from the all bottom. Does, though. All, all does, right, going from the bottom to the top at, in the morning because I had off a day of school or something like that, so I went in. And, I mean, I'm, I'm talking 20 deer, right? So we went in another time in that area and we saw again a good amount of does just no bucks so and then after that we kind of stopped hunting that that Mm -hmm. spot and then towards the end of october is when we finally laid eyes on a buck and it was down it was even down further where that bottom was where i'm talking and then that's where we went back in the rut it's just because that's where we saw the deer because all these other spots that we were hunting we didn't see either anything or you're only seeing one or two um, it wasn't the, the amount of deer, like we were seeing in that one spot. And that's where, you know, we, you know, now like it's, you know, you could hindsight's twenty twenty, you could come up with a better game plan, but at the same yeah. time, you know, it maybe next year will be totally different. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of my historic, um, areas where I either, you know, saw good buck, killed good buck, whatever. All, a lot of those went to crap. Yeah. Like, and, and it happens over the years. 
Yeah. Um, I pulled stands out that I've killed multiple bucks in, you know, over the past 10 years. And it's only because, like, you can tell, like, over the last few years, those, you know, you're flipping deer generation. So those areas kind of can, yeah. can go south depending on what kind of foods in there, what the does are doing in the area or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I noticed this year, like, I, I put up, like, half my cameras towards historic areas that I know. I know how the deer like to use the area, and then I put the other half of the cameras up into new areas that I've never really stepped foot in outside of just scouting to put a camera in there. Right. And uh, I, the, the, area, the cameras that I put in the new areas outshined the historic areas, like, tenfold as far as Crazy. good buck movement goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know what that owes it up to. Like I said, do, those areas could change. The food source can change. Um, but I also think that, you know, the deer, um, the genetics in that area, they'll, they'll change. Like if you're talking five years, I mean, you're, you can flip a full yeah. generation of a deer that's never been in that area before, or it doesn't have any relatives to that point that have used that area. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it can go South real quick. So I feel um, like that's even what I kind of recognized back at home when I would come in because I was hunting that normal side like I normally have been for the last two, three seasons with my dad and where I had success last year, and I wasn't getting anything on camera. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? And at the end of the last season, we were, we pulled the camera, and there was eight different bucks where six of them were big-time shooters, and we didn't get one of those on camera. So then we're like, okay, well, maybe during the season, maybe during the rut, something will happen, and that never came, and that never happened. But on the other side where I grew up hunting – kind of when I was 12 years old, the whole other side of the mountain, that's where I saw more sign. The acorns were dropping on that side. You right. know, that's where the food was. And um, they were crossing more diagonally from the fields, from the bottom coming mm-hmm. over. So it was just a whole different pattern. My area, the acorns were scarce. Yeah, We had an early frost. They fell early and they were scooped up early, whatever the crop had. Yep. And like the bear in my area, gone. I mean, Bear will travel however many miles it takes for them to find food. You couldn't you couldn't stir up a bear in my area. Jeez. And I think the deer, I, I think it made the deer season very unique. I think patterns definitely changed. I think, you know, deer gave up on certain areas, moved into other areas. And when you're hunting, like, small public parcels or even bigger public parcels, um, you can only go to a certain extent, right? So yeah. if the better spot is 200 yards away, and you can't get there because of private permission or whatever it is. You're not killing that deer, yeah. Until until the rut, you're not going to kill him early season because he he has no reason to come out of there. Yep. And that that's the challenge that I find a lot. And those little areas, those little slivers of public that I have stands in. One I hunted this year, um, a little bit, and now there was somebody else hunting in there. Yeah. And and this isn't a big area, so now I don't know what kind of pressure that area is getting. That area, that area went to went south real quick, right? So um, it it was it was a very strange year. Yeah, what this year I, I really chalk. You know, last year I learned a lot. Like I feel like last year fell into place because of what I learned the previous year. You know what I mean? Like what I learned in 2018, I pieced things together to make 2019 a better successful year. I'm hoping that's the case next year, just because I feel like. There were so many other things that kind of went to the back burner or things I overlooked or whatever that now hopefully next year 
you know, you're just kind of adding to your toolbox to hopefully, you know, make, make a, make a better game plan or make better decisions. I don't know. Yeah. That's what we talked about yesterday. We were kind of walking through the one area that we've hunted before. And I told you, I said, even though it's the same area each year, the deer act differently. So, you know, and we've talked about it on our podcast before, I mean, it's public ground, different pressure each year, different deer come through the area. So it's not like an older deer growing up year after year. You know, it's a new chess match every year. And and year after year, you have to figure it out. You know, it's going to have similar patterns to the years before. But, I mean, you got to really figure it out and and game plan differently each year. We're pretty similar um, because we're kind of left with the deer that we have, right? Yeah. So just like you guys out here, you set your cameras and... If you have your best deer is a 110-inch deer, then you're hunting that 110-inch deer. If your yep. best deer is 130 inches, you're hunting that deer. And that's kind of the same way it is back home, like where I'm at, Yeah, is you're hunting the deer, the, the biggest, oldest deer that's in there. And that may not be a 160-inch monster, yep. um, but it could be 120-inch deer, you know. And, and that's kind of how I felt this year is I just could not stir up that that monster monster buck and i was kind of drawn to you know let's find a big old mature deer and what he's got he's got and and that's how a lot of like i'm not gonna let a four or five six year old deer walk by at 115 inches right i'll shoot it every year (laughs) i'll shoot it every year my buck yeah (laughs) yeah that's not my buck (laughs) no and that's the thing is man i really hope what we've went through this past season, like you said, you just piece things together and next year I'm just ready for it to be done and uh, shit just. Well, you got late archery, right? Well, yeah. And I, and I have one more doe tag. Um, Dimitri's doe tagged out yep. uh, on that <laughs> side of things. Um, so uh need a new bow. So I'm ready for it. I just yeah. want to throw it out there that I did invite you up. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing too. And I listen, you invited me out. There's a another gentleman that's local who has property over in Clearfield, and it's funny because it was one of the it was that it was the weekend that we went the rut, and uh, I was supposed to come home that weekend, mm-hmm. and we were just in it. And I'm like, I can't leave this because it would, you know what I mean? It's like one yeah. of those things you leave it, and there's nothing where you go. And so I was like, I'm in it, Dad. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm staying here, and he's like, "Oh no, you, you know, you're on." You so got to go where the good, yeah, where the good keep, sign. Is. Keep going. So, <laughs> but it was funny because my uh, that guy, that gentleman that's from the area, he his daughter plays softball, and really nice guy. We just started communicating through social media a little bit, and uh, he's like, "Hey, I'll you're more than welcome to come hunt." Because he he kind of was asking me how the season was going. <laughs> I told him, I'm "Like, dude, it's." been a murder like it is just straight up like hell and uh, he's like oh man and i know his he he can't hunt often until a certain time frame basically until he has his time off mm-hmm. and that he said he was taking that last week of archery weekend and all that type of stuff and he's like hey you're you know please come out you're you're invited and i was like thank you and i'll keep you posted and so i never uh took him up on that offer and then mm-hmm. like the next day he sent me a picture. He's like, hey, this is where I was going to have you sit. And it was like this real nice eight or ten point, which would have been like a chip shot, you know, and just I would have had to do my part in, right. in it. But, uh, man, it's it. Uh, that's just kind of how it went. I, you know, 
2020. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I you can't just know. hire someone to, you know, let you hunt yeah, their spot but, and yeah. shoot a 150 inch deer. Yeah, you can't. But 2020 started with the Utah trip. Just. <laughs> <laughs> just good, to let everyone good, know, good right? Transition. Yeah. No, I, I'll tell you what. If we were, if that trip was any indication of what our whitetail season <laughs> would have been, we would have just stayed home. I yep. think I did the unthinkable at that point. Well, yeah, you, yeah. Turned you, it around. you turned it around. That's all that sleep I got on the way out, apparently. <laughs> and that's a wrap for this week's podcast, part one. Part two again will air next week. Uh, hope you enjoy it. Hopefully uh, you're gearing up for, for the holidays with some family and friends and uh, staying healthy and safe. So till next time, everybody, antler up.